This episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise, 740 Mo'ova Street, Kalihi Kai is the place to go for all of your brewing, all of your wine, and all of your fermented food needs. Beer, 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 beer. They can even help you make cider. Beer. And also beer. Beer. Homebrew in Paradise, 740 Mo'ova Street, in Kalihi Kai. More beer, please. Mention the Blue Hawaii Podcast. And Chris and Bill got your sweet deal. Beer. Blue Hawaii. On this episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast, we're going to be talking about things that are definitely not hot button issues at all because that's how we do things and yes. that's what our style is. No controversy. Uh, you can look forward to a very uncontroversial, very... Uh, Appropriate. Non-tongue-in-cheek. For all ages. Lots of uh, things that are not puns and jokes that are probably best listened to by adults. Family friendly. Yep. Definitely, definitely not reprehensible. Yep. So stay tuned. Blue De- Hawaii Podcast. We definitely don't embarrass our family Selves and, and families. Yes. Yeah. Blue Hawaii. I'm trying to tell the world I'm nothing to be trifled with. Blue Hawaii. Staying hotter than some rifles. Welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And today we have our most uncontroversial episode to date. We are talking about all the things that people like to talk about. Guns. War. Religion. People resigning from politics who suck. The Israel-Palestine conflict. All things that we can all agree on and that are not things that people have any disagreements over. And definitely will not get criticized harshly later for, for being two straight white men talking about hot button things. So let's jump right into it. What's more, what's more likely, uh, that Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer or that his dad is actually a communist? Is still a communist? Still, well, Rafael Cruz. No, the last I heard from Rafael, I mean, Rafael Cruz was like talking about how Obama is the devil, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even think communists are generally communists. I think they're just authoritarians who really like owning other people's stuff. Which I think you mean is... The com- like the communists who have gotten into power yeah, in, in world like, history. Like yeah. Like there hasn't really been like a like a communism where they were just like, you know what? Everyone is truly equal. Everybody chill. Everybody just just yeah. take a step back. Maybe like the Amish are communists. Like they don't really own property. and they're every- communal. They're communal. Yeah. A little patriarchal for my taste, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like... There's like... That's well, a, it's like whenever people say... China calls itself communist still. They're definitely not communist. Yeah, it's like whenever... State capitalism. It's like when they say that like... Uh, Nazis were socialists. Yeah. It's oh, like, that's well, just, it's in the name. Yeah. Sure. That's like Dinesh D'Souza. That's like the number one like Fox News talking point. Yeah. Like, like if I call myself like Goldman Sachs president Ryan yeah. Little, it doesn't mean yeah. that I get the you know six hundred, eight hundred million yeah. a year in my bank account that the, that guy gets. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea is not exactly like Democratic, d- Democratic nor People's Republic. Yeah. yeah. Or like the Democratic Republic of the Congo is not necessarily a democracy nor is it a republic one might argue that it's not a republic or a democracy at all yeah so words mean things but also sometimes they don't words mean nothing i'm pretty sure we just summarized like the entirety of george orwell's body of work mm-hmm. so the middle east is exploding yep heard about that uh so our in order to you know distract from how bad his poll numbers are the impending uh, uh fbi the, investigation the fbi raiding his attorney's hotel and office blah 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 uh, Mr. The Peace Candidate, Donald Trump, uh, you've seen his tweets. like I've seen his old tweets. His old tweets about like Obama is making a very big mistake. Don't attack Syria without congressional authorization. It blah, is, blah, 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 it's blah, 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 blah. It's almost like if we are living in a simulation, yeah. like that's the stitching of it. Yeah. Is like, or that's like, you know how whenever people think that the Illuminati exists and that they somehow are like duty bound to signal it to you by putting an eye on top of a pyramid on the back of a dollar. It's like that, but the Illuminati is Fox News and conservative media. Yeah. And it's like, almost like their thing yeah. is like, what we're going to do to yeah. prove to you that that we're controlling you is we're going to say one thing and then we're just going to do the complete oh, opposite. Like, it, it not, back, not like the yeah. kind of opposite. No. Not like not like Barack Obama being like, you know... Uh, 
gay marriage should be left to the states. Okay, I've changed my mind, yeah. and now I think it's a federal issue. No, like, go back literally, the, a <laughs> yeah. Sean Hannity go all the way back to when Bill Clinton uh, went after Slobodan Milosevic and like NATO took out airstrikes in Kosovo and Yugoslavia. Sean Hannity was on TV every night. Chris, Bill Clinton does not have the authority to do this. It's a bad decision. Blah 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 blah. Terrible dereliction of duty. He's just doing this to distract from his scandals. Blah blah blah. Then. You know, George Bush in Iraq, how dare you not support the president? We need to bring freedom, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Then flip to Obama. Ooh, our arrogant taxpayer funded, you know, our arrogant, our arrogant president uh, is taking a break from golf to like not to ignore his red lines. How dare he? That coward, blah, 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 blah. Now flip again. Donald Trump, big, brave president. It's just. He's so big and brave that he can golf all the time. Uh, our big, brave, wet president. It's like, it doesn't. The bounds of the hypocrisy almost don't seem to matter anymore and i think what has been shown is that our institutions only they assume by their very foundational nature that people are actually going to behave with a semblance of good faith and a semblance of honesty but that whenever you operate from a place of constant disingenuine outrage and constant lies sure. and deceit like true lies not like a true lies not like a good movie oh, yeah, good movie it, but not like it's not a like a it's not a lie in like a typical politician lie it's yeah. not like a you know oh i'm not gonna raise taxes okay i did maybe come to a tax agreement deal yeah. it's like like an outright like no i did not go to prague okay i went to prague or like no i never had an affair with a porn star okay i did have an affair with a porn star like this is like that was Bill Clinton's worst lie. Yeah. In in office. And this is like that is just today that's one of like 38 lies per day. That's like yeah, that's one like that's not even in the news cycle right yeah. now because because of how just much how much lying there is. Yeah. Just the sheer volume of lies. It's it's impossible for the media to keep track and accurately keep reporting on the news. Well, and it's like we're trying to I mean I think it's that, you know, we're assuming that like Leslie Nielsen business as usual stance where it's like okay, uh, everything's fine. This guy just, President Trump's assertions have been proven to be untrue. It's like, no, this guy's just making stuff up. Oh, yeah. Just just straight up just like lying about things all the time. Well, so let's note two things. We're going to, you know, we're flinging bombs at Damascus right now. We're still not going to take any Syrian refugees. We've taken 18 this year. We will happily bomb your country for humanitarian reasons. Oh, and by the way, Russia let them know ahead of time and that by we we're the, bombing. yeah. yeah. But uh, if you try to come here... Mm. It's such an evil travesty to use chemical weapons on your own people. So much so that we're outraged to bomb you and not take any of your people. Yeah. Please stay over there. But like, feel free to keep killing all the people you want. Just don't use chemicals. Yeah. If you want to kill them, that's yeah. your thing. Let's also note, you know, we have, we've, we've done a couple of irregular episodes. So we haven't been like regularly in the studio recently. Uh, March 19th marked the 15th anniversary of the start of the second Iraq war. 43% of Americans still think it was the right idea. So meaning 43% of your fellow citizens look at the thousands of dead and wounded American soldiers, the over a million dead Iraqis, trillions of dollars wasted, the collapse of international order in the Middle East, the birth of ISIS, and they think, hell yeah. It was worth it. Hell yeah, run it back, baby. Let's do it again. Uh, Thanks, Karl Rove. Of course. And another fun note, because the United Nations is the most ridiculous organization on earth, uh, next month, Syria, the nation of Syria... The government official of Syria, Bashar al-Assad's government, will assume the the rotating rotating chairmanship of the UN's forum for nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons disarmament. Nothing matters. That's going to be an awkward room. Yeah. and Well, as long as they've got... It's it's the same thing. It's the same criticism they make of us in Israel, right? As long as Russia, their patron, blocks any resolution against them. It does sort of feel like Russia adopted Syria as their counterpoint to our Israel. Oh, yeah. And, well, Syria and Iran... For sure. And Iran. That's their, you know, that's Putin's Well, the, the Iran point. thing was not really, that was more a counterpoint to just us generally. That's true. They yeah. just, I think they don't like us. No, I, we need to have a great uh, relationship. We're, with President Trump, we have the best relationship oh, with Russia. So meanwhile, just south of Syria, uh, Israel is sniping protesters in Gaza through a fence, kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. Is that not okay? Uh, well, you know, this all, st- and this, you know, this Gazan protest and the uh, Israel uh, very disproportionate response uh, started during Passover, which is, you know, very fun, a very fun symbolism, uh, you know, Pharaoh Bibi. The yeah. angel of death there did was, not pass yeah. over that poor protester's there home. Was, there was some line 
in that in that thing something like let my people something protest uh, let my people snipe others let my people what is it about what is it about having a captive population and jewish ethics and oh my god i'm stumped what is it is it let my people go let the goddamn palestinians go <laughs> oh sorry i'm not i'm not mad yeah it is it's a complicated issue <sighs> god well also uh just this morning yeah i saw that uh in, from the marketing and branding department of the White House oh with our volley of $2.8 million Tomahawk missiles, which are essentially, we're, is it $2.8 million a piece? At least. We're, how, we're, many, how many homeless people could you feed? We are launching yeah. Maybox at, yeah. at like targeted sites, which by the way, I think if you really want to intimidate somebody, it'd be a much more intimidating thing if your country was launching the most expensive car on the planet. Oh, and just, just volleying uh, them. Gucci, uh, Gucci man from the Everybody Looking album. This white on white, Maybach, I call it payback. Man, you know I payback, fuck with man. Mike Will. We go way back. Would that be sick, man? Yeah. If we were just throwing Tom, I think I think instead of tomahawks, we we just launch Maybachs that would and be, things would be over. Uh, that would be the trappest shit ever. If you really want to earn my respect, Donald support, John Trump support. If you really support the troops, trap but troops. Rather than doing that, yeah. We could also uh, not have war. The White House branding and marketing came up with the clever slogan after this one missile attack in which all of the people that were running those bases were evacuated thanks to Russia. And quote, yeah, mission accomplished. Did they because really? that has never backfired for a Republican president in they really, history. They, nobody told them, hey guys, maybe don't use the phrase mission accomplished. Mission accomplished is what they said. Well, our country is full of morons. Or, excuse me, our country is run by morons. You either learn from history or you get Donald Trump in office and everything goes to crap. Well, we need to take a break so I can uh, hyperventilate into a bag for a second. This is the Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii Podcast presents Spoken Word Sessions. Homebrew in paradise homebrew makes your beer nice homebrew whole new new you through 2018 not 2018 because our president is acting like a preteen he's mean unclean mm-hmm. unseen but war War, no more war, no more war, no more gore. The floor of our shore has been stained with the blood of those people who have died for our president. As if he were drunk as he sits in that white residence, drunk off of bad beer that came from a large store, which is something to abhor when you can make your own brew your known brew your true brew your home brew homebrew in paradise 740 moova street kalihikai so paul ryan's not running yeah. again what a coward what a guy how what kind of person you have to be to campaign to govern on the position that you want to raise the retirement age and limit government benefits and then you retire at 48 with full government pension and benefits for the rest of your life not to mention built his career as like mr ayn rand mr or deficits mr we need to like basically like give all our money to the rich starve the poor uh, and leaving office with a $1.3 trillion deficit. And he was a deficit hawk. Yeah, that's like, his, whole, his whole, oh, I'm the responsible conservative who happened like, to enable Donald Trump's racist bullshit every step of the way. He he showed never even the slightest bit of actual leadership his entire time in do, that post. Do you remember in the 2012 campaign, uh, they were doing that photo op in the Cincinnati homeless shelter? And he started washing pots and pans that are already clean. Yeah. That's sort of like just the defining image of Paul Ryan's legacy of public service. Just the guy. I know I've said this a time or two, but that guy's a taint. Yeah. 
he, my, my mom also said you're not supposed to say the word taint anymore. Like she specifically said, tell Ryan to not say taint. So Carolyn Michaels, if you're listening. That guy's a perineum. Is that the scientific word? Yeah. That guy is a perineum. All right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that upgrade will please my mother, but it's something. We're trying, listeners. We're trying, We're moving guys. in the right direction. Like God's, I, God's working on all of us. I don't understand. Paul Ryan just strikes me as like the biggest hypocrite. Yeah. Well, they all and are. I don't. It's like, say what you want about like the Democrats generally. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's warranted. Yeah, they suck. And some of them do suck. Yeah. But like no one is campaigning on taking benefits away from people only to cash in on those same benefits that they would like to take yeah. away from others. Oh, no. He, which is essentially, I mean, it's so, it's such a metaphor for the Republican Party generally in 2018. For, Paul Ryan sent himself to college off of his fa- dead father's social security and now wants to take away social security for everybody else. Except for himself. Except for himself. He, he's lo- he loves it himself. Yeah. Well, now the leading GOP candidate to replace him is uh, Paul Nealon, a literal white nationalist who was banned from Twitter uh, for racist tweets about Prince Harry's fiance, Meghan Markle. That guy's gonna get. He's gonna get roasted by that union guy. I think. Oh, I was hope so. What's that guy's name? The uh, union guy. The Iron Stash. The Iron Stash. Randy Bryce. He seems like a really genuine person, but you know they yeah. all do. I guess when they they're campaigning, do. they all do until you know who I'm talking about. If you're listening. Speaking of congressional news. Hawaii CD1, yet another candidate, is the victim of petty crime in Honolulu. Who's that? Uh, so first, Ernie Martin got his car smashing grabbed at the new Oahu YMCA. Did that really happen? Yeah. And what? now, Kanye Ng got his wallet stolen off of uh, Waikiki Beach. Why was his wallet on the beach? Uh, apparently, like, he said they were doing a photo shoot. Was there Were there fundraisers down there? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. They didn't know there was a lot of donors in Waikiki. Well, you know, the... The Waikiki has really been the hotbed of true progressive change. I, that's what I would think. Is and if taking on the establishment. Yeah, if I was going to go anywhere to yeah. show how uh, anti-corporatocracy I was, yeah. it would be Waikiki. Well, you know, and he wants to, his whole thing is the airport, right? I mean, if people are coming in Hawaii and they see the airport, where are they probably going? They're probably going to Waikiki. That's true. He wants to get in on the ground and be like, when you, saw, when you came to the airport, were you offended? Were you offended? Were you offended? He's taking polls. That's probably what he's doing. Yeah. So last last thing before we get to our guest interview, we have to mark again. Uh, tribute's been pouring in for the late Senator Daniel Akaka. Great guy, tremendous hero, first and only Native Hawaiian elected to the U.S. Senate, um, universally beloved. And uh, it occurred to me, I think we can solve the airport controversy. How's that? So Senator Daniel Akaka, middle initial K. I hear what you're saying. You know who else? First name Daniel, middle initial K. One senator, Daniel Inouye, who mm. also said, whatever you do, don't let them name the airport after me. So? And the legislature went ahead and did it anyway. And now we're in this quag- We're in a quagmire. We're in a, we're in a, a borscht of a an borscht. unhappy borscht. Borscht? Is senator Inouye Russian all of a sudden? I don't know. Everybody's well, Russian. It's America. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. So, legislature uh, decided, they looked at the airport. They said, uh, it's falling apart. There are so many changes we need to make. I know. Let's rename it. Mm-hmm. So let's spend thirty-five million dollars renaming it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the good news is, if you're gonna, if they're gonna have to change it again, name it the Daniel K. Akaka International Airport. And you, you just have to change the last name. You don't have to change the first name. You don't have to change the middle initial. Presumably, you could cut two thirds of the price off, so it'd only be a twenty-four or twelve million dollar renaming project. Then you're only out forty-seven million dollars to change the name of your airport. Hawaii Legislature. You want to learn more? You want to? You want me to make this pitch to you in person? It seems like they need consultants. Yeah, something. I mean, whatever they're doing right now. I tell you, the the what I'm glad is that they spent that money renaming the airport rather than putting it into our public school system. Yeah, you know what? Like those those kids in the AC, like they can sweat. What's important is that we score political points by changing the name of our airport. We scored political points by changing the name of our airport, and it's also important that. We talk about the fact that the reason why they didn't divert $35 million to public schools is because all of the legislators don't send their kids to public yeah, schools. Why do they care? Why do they care? They what? don't care at all. Yeah. Maybe maybe like Beth Fukumoto might send her kids because she's in Mililani, right? So maybe they have good public schools, but like... I don't know. No one... But she's a new entrant uh, to the CD1 race. She is. That's right. So she may have something to say about this whole controversy as well. 
Well, Beth. So we'd love to chat. We've got the, so we've got the lineup. So right now, looking at the poll, Donna Mercado Kim running the front runner. Mm-hmm. She's Hillary. Her son went to private school. Yeah, Kaniela Ng. Obviously, he's Jill Stein. Uh, His I guess, child's not old enough to go to school. I guess Ernie Martin is Gary Johnson. All of his kids are already graduated. I'm not sure. What about his kids? Uh, and then I guess that makes either Doug Chin Trump or Beth Fukumoto is Trump because she I feel like Beth her... Fukumoto can't be Trump. Well, she changed political parties to get an advantage and open up career possibilities. That's sort of yeah. what Trump, Trump gave. Like Trump donated to Hillary Clinton on seven different occasions. But like she left the Republican Party because they were doing like racist, sexist stuff. That's true. So I he, feel like she's she... like the good Trump. Mm, I feel like she'd be more like a... She's more like a John Kasich. John Kasich? Okay. But John Kasich's still a Republican. Yeah, so I'm saying. But like if she was gonna be a Republican, like I feel like I feel like Beth would be like a John Kasich Republican. Like just like a sensible person who like, you know, maybe we do need a moderating influence on the bleeding hearts and compassionate minds. Well, of Representative Fukumoto, everywhere. if you totally disagree with this characterization, which I'm sure you do, please come on the show and talk to us. Well, politically she has to disagree with it at this right. point. Yeah. And then one last thing, speaking of Paul Ryan people who uh, ran away from the Speaker of the House position in the toxic GOP-controlled con- Congress with their tail between their legs. Uh, John Boner is now... Boner? Isn't that how you John say Boner? It? John Boner? John Boehner. It's B-O-E. B-O-E-H. Yeah. John Boner. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but like he says it's Boehner. Of course he does. Yeah. You're going to trust him? Yeah. I mean, he was in middle school at one point. Yeah, can you imagine how many people... He had to do that. He didn't have a choice. You got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. It's hard out there. John Q. Boner, Boner. (laughs) former Speaker of the House, who once said that he would never, ever, ever conceivably change his position on cannabis and marijuana. (laughs) Spoiler alert, he lied, is now working for the largest land-owning cannabis company. Acreage Holdings. In the entire United States. Yeah. So as a lobbyist, now that, basically, now that it's legal for middle-aged white guys to get rich off of it, I can't wait until they turn big pharma into big Pacololo. Look, man, at least we won't overdose as much. Yeah. How many people are still locked up uh, for using pot in America? Millions? Probably. You think John Boehner will lobby for them? No. No. No, probably no. not. All right. Mr. Boner. Tear down this. Wall. Stigma. Stigma. Turn down the stigma. Tear down the stigma. Tear down for what? Mm, I like that. All right. Anyways, so just to recap, everyone's a hypocrite. We're all going to die. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. And we're back, listeners, with our most popular, most salacious, <laughs> most intimate segment. It's called Bicky Leaks, y'all. What's the juicy gossip this week? The juicy gossip this week is that no one told us anything and that we're actually going to tell you guys something. They think we're all narcs. They think we're all they don't trust us. This Bicky leak is. We're gonna. This is. This is to earn your trust. We're gonna. We're gonna narc on ourselves. Let's narc. So last week we posted a very cryptic Instagram post. What did it mean? It said, "What questions would you ask of a potential governor for the state of Hawaii?" There's so many of them. It could be anyone. The reason we asked that is because we were interviewing a governor candidate, Colleen Hanabusa. Yes, we, we did. We talked to Colleen Hanabusa. And it's actually going to turn into a two-part interview. We're in the process of scheduling a follow-up with the congresswoman's office. So send us your questions. We've got, we got great questions the first round. We have an opportunity for even more. Please let us know what you want to hear. And stay tuned. Also, it's worth noting that we're not going to just interview Colleen. We're going to interview pretty much anybody we can we can get an interview with. Yeah. We specifically intend to interview uh, Clayton He and David Ige as Insh- well. Inshallah. And assuming that happens, we're going to have the same type of post. What do you want to ask them in particular? But for right now, please be uh, pacified with this version of Bicky Leaks. Ever the ones to repeat segments that we've already done. Here we are for a mailbag segment, which hasn't popped up since, what, episode seven? Something like that? It's been a long time. Yeah. We have a great mailbag question from a very dedicated and invested listener, uh, one Antoinette Lilly. Shout out to her. Who is... That name sounds familiar. Definitely your wife. Definitely my wife. So we put out the call uh, after talking to Ollie, Nadine, all our international guests. That's episodes eight and nine. 
what should we have asked? You know, listeners, we're new to this whole quote-unquote journalism thing. Uh, and my wife had a great question that we should have asked. She's for those of the, for those who don't know where Salisbury is, as in the town in England where uh, former Russian spies are getting killed by nerve agents or attempted assassinations by nerve agents. What is the American equivalent? That's a good question. So, according to Wikipedia, Salisbury, population of forty thousand three hundred and two, it's about uh, eight miles from Stonehenge, the UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's also home of Salisbury Cathedral. Uh, which is a very prominent Anglican cathedral, one of the leading examples of early English architecture. So I trolled Wikipedia a little bit more, and I found a good comparison. Charlottesville, Virginia. And why do you say that? Charlottesville has a population of about 46,000 within the city limits, so very similar. There's plenty of history. It's got its own UNESCO World Heritage Site. Uh, Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's uh, former residence at the University of Virginia, Mm -hmm. is just a little bit of ways out of town. Mm -hmm. And unexpectedly crazy stuff happens you know salisbury they're refighting the cold war charlottesville we're refighting world war ii and the civil war so it's great it works three uh one thing that both cities also have in common yeah great city to punch a nazi in the face in oh well every city blue hawaii blue hawaii Hawaii. welcome back to the blue hawaii podcast ladies and gentlemen we are very thrilled this morning to be joined by one gun enthusiast shooting all-star local celebrity gentleman of leisure man about town women want him men want to be him the one and only the incomparable michael morgan is in the building michael welcome to the show how you doing baby thanks for having me good to be here now ostensibly we brought you here to talk about guns i do enjoy guns how many guns do you have I have somewhere between enough and, if you were to ask my fiance, possibly even too many. <laughs> too many. Okay. Uh, you won't give us an actual number. Enough. The Second Amendment doesn't say anything about having to tell random ass podcast hosts how many guns you have. It does not. But really quickly, just by way of background, what qualifies you to talk about guns? So, as you said, I own enough guns. I've done a fair amount of competition shooting. I... I'm theoretically still on the board of Mid-Pacific Pistol League, although my competition shooting has kind of waned off over the last year. Um, I do a bunch of long-range shooting, do a bunch of stuff with some of the local military sniper guys. Any hunting? I have done some hunting. Um, Been to Molokai hunting deer, Lanai for mouflon sheep a couple times, pigs on Oahu. All right. So you're a general... You're a gun authority here in Hawaii. Because Hawaii doesn't have a lot of gun authorities. We don't necessarily have a gun culture the same way. I mean, we have all branches of the military, and you're always going to find some gun culture there. What you're trying to say is we got a lot of white guys with guns. A lot of white people from the south and the Midwest. Yeah, there's a a lot of white guys with guns out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We found that out the hard way here in America, Michael. (laughs) For listeners on the mainland... Explain a little bit about what Hawaii's gun culture is like, or if you're interested in guns in Hawaii, what your outlets are. So Hawaii definitely has one of the most restricted gun laws of just about everywhere in America. Probably the only states that are much stricter would be like New York, California, and then certain big cities like Chicago. Oh, the- there's that there's that buzzword. Somewhere like the NRA fundraising line lit up. We're talking about guns. We mentioned Chicago. Sorry, please continue. Every time you mention guns in Chicago, a Republican pundit gets their wings. Yep. Classic. Demon wings. Um, So basically the way purchasing a gun here works would be you have to go down, apply for a permit um, for long guns, which would be rifles or shotguns. You can apply for a general permit and that would be good for up to a year. So you go down with your paperwork, file for the permit. You have a two-week waiting period in which they conduct a background check. Two weeks later, you can go pick up your permit, and then the long gun permit would be good for a year. You can buy as many rifles or shotguns as you want. Within that year, you just have to present your permit and your ID to the gun store, buy the gun, take the gun back with your permit, register at HPD. Um, For pistols, it's a little more involved. It would basically be the exact same process, but you need to apply for a permit with the two-week waiting period 
for every single pistol you're trying to get. So this sounds like it could be a little bit of a pain in the butt. Yeah, there's definitely some extra steps that bureaucratically could be streamlined. And I think there's some level where they're trying to make it difficult just for the sake of a gun and shoot up a school. So you don't go and shoot up the school. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Um, like the two week waiting period, kind of a cool off. Yeah. I think is the original idea for it. So if you're angry, you can't your, just go buy a gun and murder your on wife. On your first gun, neighbor. that makes more sense. On your tenth gun, you already got nine other ones. Yeah. It's kind of more of just a hassle. Have you felt your Second Amendment rights uh, infringed by any of Hawaii's like? regulation schemes or anything like that i mean in, infringed is a a very broad word but it's it's reasonable okay michael you're from hawaii correct i am born and, born and raised born and raised and how did you get into guns and gun culture tell us your story a little bit i mean i grew up with a brother out playing outside and my parents weren't really big into guns, not supposed to play shooting video games and that was the best gun ones. Toys. Sorry, what was that? Those are the best ones. They definitely are. So yeah, but I mean, like we weren't really big into like gun toys, but I mean, you pick up a stick, that's a gun. It's fun. Um, I always liked the idea. And so when I turned 21, bought a couple guns, um, was hanging out with some guys that I hunted with. Uh, one of them was a firearms instructor, and he was just talking about getting into shooting competition. Um, so I kind of went the same time he did and started doing that. And then I got really deep into that for a couple years, as I said, kind of waned off that, got it more into long-range precision shooting. But there's a lot of different challenges. It's really fun, um, and it's really involved. Um, it's sort of almost meditative, especially with the inherent risks of a firearm. I don't think anyone's going to say like using a firearm doesn't have inherent danger to it. The level of concentration, all that almost meditative to push to the, I guess, highest peak of ability. That's a great point. And can you talk a little bit, um, as your relationship with guns and you being a gun owner, have you, as you've evolved, talk about like, how you've you know how you've trained how you've educated yourself like all the things you do to make sure that you know your hobby stays safe fun enjoyable risk-free or as risk-free as possible as low risk as possible okay so with firearms there's some general safety rules you always want to treat a firearm as if it's loaded uh you always want to keep it pointed in a safe direction you always need to know where your target is and what's beyond it um and all of these things kind of just boil down to common sense, but you do need to sort of spell it out. Uh, having done a lot of competition, they take those same general rules and amplify them for safety just because of the number of people you have there. Um, the aggressiveness of if you're running around a course, the number of things that can go wrong. Um, but mostly it will boil down to just making sure you have control of the firearm, um, making sure it's pointed the right direction and just knowing what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit and having grown up in Hawaii, seeing what our gun laws are like, our gun regulation regime is like, um, you know, the big debate right now in this country is to prevent mass shootings, to prevent, to minimize gun violence is, you know, there are basically competing approaches. One approach, if you take it to the extreme, one approach is ban all guns. The other approach taken to the extreme is arm everyone to the teeth, train them up. Uh, so obviously, you know, 90% of reasonable people on both sides would agree that middle ground is probably somewhere in the middle. What do you see? Well, everybody's going to agree the middle ground somewhere middle in the middle. Excuse me. 100% of people would agree that the middle ground is somewhere in the middle. That's going to be my campaign slogan. Yeah. Let's find the middle ground in the middle. But anyway, uh, if you were to put forth a, a, a plan or a scheme to try to minimize, to reduce gun violence in this country, what would that look like from your perspective? Okay, I'm going to have to kind of attack this from both angles because I think both sides of that are kind of fundamentally wrong. Yeah. 
Um, taking away everyone's guns, my main issue with that is basically no one is trying to take away everyone's guns. Right. Like, people in the government are trying to take away guns of regular people, but they're still going to have people guarding them with guns. Very few people are trying to go for the British model of no guns for anyone. Not even the, the police. Cops. Yeah. yeah. Basically, no one's saying that. America is not ready for anyone to say that. So I think a lot of people distrust the idea of government officials saying no guns for you, but obviously we're still going to be protected by guns. Where does that distrust emanate from? Well, it's just the fundamental inequality between people governing. Uh, I believe it's the 28th Amendment. I'm less legal than you. Um, that says the government can't... Would you say you're barely legal? Classic. I'm I'm a grown man with a beard. <laughs> um, but it says the government can't pass a law that applies to the citizenry and not the governing officials or vice versa, a law that applies to them and not the citizens. So saying to a citizen, they can't protect themselves with guns, but the government can have people protecting them all the time with guns. Fundamentally, that's going to rub people the wrong way. And then on the other side, arming everyone, equally horrible idea. I mean, there's people out there, definitely. The only way to, but the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That's what Wayne LaPierre says. That's what the NRA I mean, says. There is a lot of merit to that. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people argue that mass shootings statistically haven't been stopped by like concealed carry license holders but a lot of events that could have been mass shootings have been stopped by people with legal concealed carry licenses like what um i mean okay i don't have oh you're gonna make me look like an asshole <laughs> uh, there's I don't have specific examples to cite, but, but I mean, well, and, and to be fair, the, you didn't know. I mean, this isn't, you're not doing a press tour yeah, for the NRA I, I here. Like you didn't know that we're, we're talking more general ideas, but I mean, there are conceivably like in the last you're saying couple weeks. There have been a couple, um, or at least one in very recently, but this does happen, but giving like telling every school teacher they should be armed is ridiculous. Having a gun does not make you safer. Knowing how to use a gun and having a gun does make you safer. One, one of the board of directors of Mid-Pacific Pistol League, the president, is a school teacher. That guy knows how to use a gun. Sure. If someone was coming and shooting up a, a school, he would I would feel be a qualified. lot better yeah. if he had a gun. Just handing someone a gun. He's the exception, not the rule. Yes. So, I mean, giving people the option and you would need to put an extremely high training threshold on that. Sure. Like, I find that reasonable. Just giving everyone a gun, they're going to be more dangerous to themselves. Do you believe in general that guns make people safer? I believe that guns make me safer. I mean, as I said, a person who doesn't know how to use a gun having a gun is not beneficial to I'm me. I'm interested in when you said you think guns make you safer because I think the problem is that people understand that uh, they understand it like academically that there are people who are made safer by having guns but that it's kind of like a scale where on one side it's like guys like you who are safer by having guns and then the other you know say 349 million Americans who are made less safe by people having guns. And it's like those two seem to outweigh each other or what I'm sorry. One of them seems to outweigh the other. And how would you like, what's your thoughts on that? I think the idea that guns are making people more endangered is kind of like a, a media hyperinflation of the issue like that people are so scared of assault rifles. The media really sells people on that point. Assault rifles account for, depending on the year, about 1% to 2% of gun deaths. Statistic I, but, but I don't think it's about the sheer volume. I think a lot of it is about the amount of damage you can inflict in a short period of time. Like you... No one's walking in with a, you know, with a revolver and shooting up a movie theater or mowing down, you know, 
40 first graders or something or well, it's just Sandy like, Hook. It's, well, it's like uh, fear of flying, right? Like flying is statistically way safer than driving, but it sticks out in people's minds because of the the when it when things go wrong, they go super it's wrong. It's absolutely yeah. tragic and and horrifying. I mean, like the difference, the mechanical advantage of say an AR15 or something isn't as great as people think like the idea of a bump fire stock like the las vegas shooter somehow increasing your ability is kind of a fallacy no one who actually knows how to use a gun would use a bump fire stock uh with that like legislation to ban bump fire stocks i have no problem with that because that's one of the few things the nra will let happen and i it's it's a gimmick i think too that uh, I think you hit on something really important, though, which is that no one who knows how to use a gun would use a bump fire stock. But the people that are using them are any average Joe. I mean, you can walk into a you know a convenience store. It feels like in Florida, and go pick up you know ten AR-15s for you and the whole family. It's like those guys have no idea what they're doing, and they don't have a two-week waiting period, and they don't have you know all these other hoops to jump through. And so it's like really accessible for them to just you know, some kid to walk into Parkland and and take out 18 kids. The idea that the AR-15 is the tool of someone who just wants to inflict as much damage as possible is a, there's a lot more subtlety to the issue. Like the AR-15, in my estimation, is the most effective home defense weapon. I mean, you have... A 30-round magazine, depending where you live. So let's say if you're in a more restricted state, you have a 10-round magazine or you don't have an AR-15 at all. That's still a lot of ability to defend yourself. And the thing to consider, well, people will say handguns, shotguns for home defense. A handgun round, 9 millimeter, or shotgun slugs, buckshot, all of those are going to over-penetrate through a house more than a 55 grain AR-15 bullet would. So in that sense, the rifle round is the safest round to be using for home defense. In terms of shooting the intruder and not accidentally shooting anybody else. Yes, in terms of hitting your target and having the bullet stop. Because a bullet has a lot of energy. Uh, It's something important to consider. Can I slander Joe Biden here and say that his advice on how to use a gun for home defense was the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Sure. Shotgun. The buy a, the buy a shotgun thing. That was I, very I believe, irresponsible advice from Uncle Joe. I, I believe he did say fire the shotgun into the air. Mm. Ba- bad that advice. Un- that seems Don't unsafe. Do I mean, you, you have people on the right saying equally dumb things, but that is bad home defense yeah. advice. So let's talk about, I guess, the politics of this real quick. People started saying gun ban and AR-15s. You know, you couldn't get them anywhere. They flew off the shelves. Now, you know, ostensibly, the NRA has, you know, they spent $30 million or whatever to elect Donald Trump. Republicans control every aspect of the federal government. You know, there is no gun ban. No gun legislation is coming through. Uh, now, because their ultimate goal is to sell guns, no matter what, the NRA has sort of flipped its messaging. They're not talking anymore about like, Obama's going to take your guns. Now it's these like wild ass liberals are starting a civil war and you need to arm yourself, basically. Like they're disrespecting our president, blah, blah, blah. What are your thoughts on, because you've, you've seen like the stuff like Dana Loesch and NRA TV puts out like these ridiculous commercials. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the, there are definitely some some really out there propaganda pro-gun ads out there. Fundamentally, assuming that the NRA's goal is to make money for gun manufacturers, the election of Donald Trump was the worst thing that could happen for them. That's true. Barack Obama was the greatest gun salesman of all time. If you couldn't make buckets and buckets of money manufacturing AR-15s during the Obama administration, you did not know how to run a business. Right now, Remington, one of the oldest most established gun manufacturers in america in the world it's going through bankruptcy is, is going through bankruptcy because people aren't buying enough guns and i mean a lot of the guns sold aren't people that want to learn how to use a gun aren't people 
that are ever going to shoot their gun. It's more of a political statement it's, than anything. It's people who hear, oh, you're saying I can't have this. Well, no, I'm going to have this. Yeah. So what would you, t- assuming assuming banning individual guns or specific types of guns is a bad idea and won't work, what would you tell Congress or your lawmaker to do differently in terms of like background checks, in terms of anything that we're not doing right now? I definitely think background checks are reasonable and they're on, theoretically on every gun purchase is at least a cursory federal background check. Although it didn't work in, where is it? Uh, what's the, oh, the Texas, the Sutherland well, Springs. Sutherland Springs, that, yeah. The United yes. States Air Force was not keeping up their records properly. Yes, States and Air I mean, not that's a fundamental issue is yeah. you can write all the laws you want if the boots on the ground aren't, aren't doing it aren't executing the program the way it's meant to be, then it's not going to work. And that's where a lot of people have more issue with, oh, you're writing more laws restricting my rights, but you can't do the stuff you already said you were going to do. This new stuff you're saying isn't going to work either. You have to make the stuff that's already on the books work to the level it's supposed to. And that would put a huge dent in a lot of the things we're seeing if just the programs that already exist were actually being run in the way they're supposed to be. Any programs in particular that stand out to you? I know in several of the last big kind of higher profile shootings, there were reports issued on the people um, that either weren't followed up on and having more restrictions isn't necessarily going to fix that. There's only so much you can do on that. Have you seen the um, the idea, and this was floated by, uh, I think, Marco Rubio and some other Republicans as a compromise, um, like essentially gun restraining orders to where someone's loved one or employer, if they're noticing like disturbing patterns, disturbing trends, they can go to a judge. And, actually, and this is an attempt to preserve everybody's due process rights. They can petition the court and say, I think this person needs to be temporarily stopped from purchasing a gun so they can, you know, they can evaluate law enforcement can look into it. What do you think about that? I think that's fair. I think where you get a lot of kickback on that is just people's questioning of what does or does not constitute due process. And they think it's going to be slightly tweaked and then they're just going to start getting steamrolled. The idea is you got a speeding ticket and now you don't deserve a gun or you got a parking. They they think there's going to, if they allow the kind of first step, then that second step is a lot easier. So that's why you have people arguing against a lot of stuff that would otherwise seem reasonable. I think it's also, it's really important in this interview, and maybe we should have caveated this at the beginning, but Michael's not like a core Trump voter. No. You're not like a, you you didn't like a... You're a straight shooter down the middle, kind of like... you. Re- yeah. Everybody's got some good I, ideas and some I bad would, ideas. I would classify myself as libertarian, if anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, Republicans are getting pretty wacky. Democrats have some wacky stuff. So... That being two, said, two party politics. I don't think we need to get all the way into that, but it's it's got some fundamental flaws. So we agree. That being said, so what's the path forward? What do you think? What do you see as the? Are we just going to stay in the status quo? Is like bad mass shooting events are going to keep happening every few months? We're going to be like ah, both sides are going to retreat to their corners, and we'll just repeat this forever. Or I mean, you, what do you see? I I think what really needs to happen is is some kind of compromise. Um, <laughs> Good yeah, luck. Yeah. So I think both sides have a lot of room to give on this issue. Um, People always say mental health is the big thing, and there's definitely something fundamentally there. The state of mental health care in this country is abysmal. Yeah, I don't know if it needs to be something in our school system, which definitely kind of across the board needs a lot of stuff happening. But I mean, like things like the bump fire stock ban... I don't think you're going to get too much kickback on that. And that's a compromise background checks. That's pretty reasonable. Most reasonable people are going to say, all right, that's fine. And I think to get that through kind of a compromise, there's definitely things you could be doing on the other side to kind of sweeten the deal, win over your average gun owner, things like legalizing suppressors and people have this, way out their idea of 
having seen too many assassin movies and how quiet a suppressor it really is in Europe. You're in a lot of places. You're not allowed to shoot guns without suppressors. They're loud. They're really loud. Guns suppressor, are suppressor. Guns are loud. It's it's not people sneaking around assassinating people. It's just less noise pollution, less hearing damage. No one wants tinnitus or things like national concealed carry. And a lot of people have issues with that. They think that's going to turn it into the wild west shoot them up statistically places that have introduced concealed carry have pretty much across the board seen declines in crime assuming there's still a rigorous permitting process yes um so-called constitutional carry um basically letting anyone open or concealed carry a gun you're gonna run into some issues with that that's a kind of more controversial opinion within the gun community stupider idea some might say licensed concealed carry pistol holders are statistically less likely to be convicted of a crime than a police officer. How much of that though is because those are like upper middle class white guys. They're mostly the licensed concealed yeah, carry permit remember, holders. Philando, Philando Castile murdered Philando, in his, his car. His licensed concealed carry yeah, permit did was not help him. Yeah. I'm, and NRA, and no for the record, the NRA didn't say shit about his case. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there, there's three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. But all I can say is the numbers yeah. do back that up. Um, what other factors are contributing to that? Yeah, there, there's definitely, if you delve into it, going to be some economic or racial bias, as would be the case with basically with any data you're drawing. Life, yeah. yeah. Are you a member of the NRA? I am. I don't do a lot with that, but I I am an NRA life member. What's the value prop of being an NRA member in 2018? Because I, I understood it more whenever, you know, Obama when, was in charge. Well, like when Reagan was came into office and it was like a hunting organization and we're advocating for like yeah. new and innovative rifle technologies and things like that. I mean, there like, also there also did used to be uh, and a similarly considered at one time was considered invincible lobbying group called the National Smokers Alliance. True, and they don't exist anymore. Yeah, like so, what? What is the? What's the? Uh, what's the value prop of the NRA in 2018 for you? I mean, probably the most concrete value of an NRA membership is if you do need legal defense for using a gun for self defense. It's a new a program, of the right? NRA. Sorry, what? It's a new program, isn't it? Um. It's been established. I again, I'm only 28, so I've owned guns for about seven years. But the entire time I've been an NRA member, that program's been there. Um, I'm not sure how long before that it was instituted. Now, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us, Michael? I I think it's important to keep talking about the issues, and if you you really talk to people, there is a middle ground that most people agree on, and polarizing the topics both to the extreme of take away everyone's guns and to the extreme of everyone should be carrying an ar-15 all the time both of those are ridiculous and most people agree that there's a middle ground that people just actually need to talk about wise words let's talk more everyone conversations it's michael morgan michael would you mind staying around for our shout out segment Oh, I've been prepping my shout-out for weeks. Perfect. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. We're back. Shout-outs. Shout-outs. First shout-out. We're shouting out the Highland Games. Michael, tell us about it. Highland Games, Scottish Festival. It was last week, depending on when this airs, a little more than last week, uh, down at Alamoana Beach Park. Ugh. Ugh. Lots of grunting, lots of throwing things. Uh, I did not do particularly well, but I was out there. I was competing. It was a good time. Throwing heavy stuff of varying shapes and weights. You get to wear a kilt. Always fun. Breezy. Are all three of us here are at least part Celtic in some way? I'm sure I am. Yeah. I'm actually, oh, yeah. I'll know oh, very yeah. soon because I just sent off my 23andMe hey. two days ago. Yeah. I conf- nice. My 23andMe confirmed that, uh, well, I also knew this because my grandmother literally came here from Ireland, but it said within 200 years, you had an Irish ancestor. 
I remember, didn't you do your 23andMe before they regulated it? And yeah, it told it you like the, a bunch of wild stuff. It gave stuff. me the health stuff that like they, they went back and was like, oh, we can't tell you that anymore. Yeah, and it yeah. Was, but it was like, you got a ton of information yeah. on what you I am, could and couldn't carry, right? I am three times more likely uh, to become addicted to opioids. Why don't they want you to know that? Well, it's not that they don't want, it's the FDA says you can't tell people that. And because you're not doctors. Because like, you're not, you can't. The FDA was like, you're saying that's a diagnosis. And F23 is me like, no, it's just info. But like people are treating it and like relying on it. And then to, to be fair, yeah. if I did 23 and me and it told me it was I was lactose intolerant, I would still eat cheese and milk. It told and me I'm probably lactose intolerant. I still eat cheese and milk. And like, I'm not going to not eat dairy. I would say you're not the boss of me. Yeah. Science also said I am a probably not a sprinter. And that is correct. That is the most on-point thing I think I've ever heard. You should put that as your Twitter bio. Probably not a sprinter. Yeah. Yeah. According to 23andMe. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, shout out to our ancestors and their traditions of throwing rocks and crap. Yeah, shout out to them. Fuck the English. <laughs> also, shout out to the bus, which is now catching up to every other 21st century city featuring smart cards. Finally, you will not have to fumble around for change or... Spend way too much money on a monthly bus pass. So welcome to 1999, everybody. We're doing it. We're finally doing it. A funny thing about the bus. Yeah. Uh, I heard from the, I believe it was the Department of Transportation. Sure. Uh, whoever it is that governs the bus. Uh, they were doing a presentation and they said in 1900 mm-hmm. with a horse and buggy, it took 20 minutes to get from downtown to Punahou. In 2018, with a car and the bus, it still takes you 20 minutes to get from downtown to Punahou. Technology is amazing. We've officially accomplished zero. Nothing. Except changing our climate. Yeah. Shout out to Hawaiian Electric Company's Connie Lau, star advertiser reporting that she is once again Hawaii's best compensated CEO. Get that money. Uh, congrats to William S. Richardson School of Law student Mahesh Cleveland, named one of the top 20 law students in the country. None of the gunners in our class accomplished that. You know who you are. And in honor of our big, dumb, orange toddler president getting us into yet another stupid, unwinnable war in the Middle East, not counting the four or five simultaneously already happening, I'd like to give a shout out to some great media you guys should check out. The first is a new New York Times podcast series called Caliphate following Rukmini Kalamachi as she reports on the Islamic State and the fall of Mosul. For those of you not familiar with her work, she's basically the Michael Jordan of reporting on ISIS, the OG, the all-time great, the gold standard, and New York Times subscribers get early access to each episode. you subscribe to the Times? My mom does, and I steal her account. Mm, So does my wife. Now you're admitting to fraud. Redistribution of wealth, socialism. I like WAPO better than New York Times. The failing New York Times? I also like WAPO. Uh, The second media article is a harrowing times piece from last november that has been re-upped all over the interwebs it's called quote the uncounted by azmat khan and anand gopal basically our bomb against isis has been killing a whole bunch of civilians caught in the crossfire way more than reported by coalition authorities and these two reporters are getting to the bottom of it uh, the narrative vehicle is the harrowing story of basim razo who had a bomb dropped on him in the middle of the night and was the only survivor in his entire house. Uh, the journey uh, that he's taking and his quest for justice is the story, and it's really incredibly moving. And finally, uh, there are two great op-eds by young, sensible millennials, like us, of course. Uh, Elizabeth Brunig in the Washington Post, writing, Trump is not the president to lead America into war. And Ryan Cooper in theweek.com saying, America should just stop all bombing. And we don't really need to explain more because those two titles kind of say it all. There's one other story I saw this week in The Federalist uh, okay. called Basically America Should Divorce Itself. And it, <laughs> it's, I saw this. Jesse Kelly, right? Who is that freaking chode of a guy? Do you, he, did you see the map he drew? Yeah. Uh, it was he, basically like... He just wanted to call us all soy boys. He... Yeah. It was basically, for those of you listening at home, don't click the article. I don't want this guy to get more clicks and I don't want them to get ad money off this. I'll just summarize it for you. He said, America's too polarized 
and it's all Democrats' fault. Yeah. The right loves liberty and order, and the Democrats love uh, chaos and disorder. And so what we should do is divorce the country. And basically, the right gets all the states that actually are net drains on the federal economy. Yeah. And for some reason, the left gets California, Washington, Oregon, New York, Hawaii. basically all the places you'd want to live but outside the, of the Gulf states. But, but they're the true patriots. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. That guy is a... Somebody basically somebody wrote a really elaborate response saying like no we need to go to like like anything else you need to go into marriage counseling and the way the author characterized whatever he thinks uh, despite his people controlling you know every branch of the federal government how do you keep up with this persecution narrative it's well the media Hollywood yeah oh, I no. guess I don't know um, he said his response was when your wife is putting poison in your coffee every morning you don't get counseling you leave. And like that's so that's where he that's where we are that's what he thinks we're doing by like not falling in love with the Trump presidency. It's really the Koch brothers media machine has really got that guy over. Yeah, yeah. God, what a stupid country we live in. I agree. I uh, well, some of it. Well, some of it's not stupid. God, a lot of our fellow Americans are stupid. A lot of them, yeah. And I, you know, that's truly a on both sides argument. Yeah, we do have a bunch of idiots on both sides of the issue. Yeah, uh, the right's general platform makes zero sense. But there are dummies on both sides of the aisle. All right. So. Now. Where are we eating? Michael. What's your restaurant? What's your restaurant of the week? I'm actually doing two restaurant shout outs. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Getting greedy. Okay. I guess we'll let you go. First one is going to be Kogi Aina in Kaneohe. East side needs a little bit more love. Got a lot of town restaurants. Okay. Okay. Hot pot. K-Town. Really solid. Good stuff. What do you get when you go there? I get the angry Korean good amount of is that spice. the owner of it or is that a dish there i mean probably both th- their staff's very nice i've had no issues it's the it's so the it sounds like more of a broth. dish yeah okay well, on, you know what the, the korean community is far too hard on itself i agree i love korean people yeah <laughs> so, so anywho second restaurant shout out it's going to aloha salads kahala mall solid specifically the kahala mall location. that's a really good location i go there a lot i went there Often enough that the guy working the counter asked me if I was there yesterday, and I said, no, I did not come here yesterday. I came here the day before yesterday. Get it right. Uh, Hashtag fitness. Call them all Aloha Salads, which is just a stone's throw from where we record in my basement every week. Do you, th- you, you, you think you could literally throw a stone and hit call them all from here? I got a strong arm, dude. Bet you I can throw a football over that there mountain. Probably could. Uh, Josh, restaurant shout out. My shout out of the week is Donor Shack on okay. Fort Street Mall. Oh, yeah. Uh, with an umlaut on the O. I actually tried to go there yesterday for yeah. lunch. And I went there yesterday. No, I'm sorry, the day before yesterday for lunch. The line was out the door. Yeah. It's a, it looks it's like popping. it's amazing. So get the get the downtown donor, mm-hmm. which is basically... Uh, for I those of you... For donor those, is the Turkish word for euro, right? Right. It's the, it's the Turkish word for euro, which is the Greek word for shawarma, which is the Hebrew word for donor. Or Wait, Hebrew, what? The, the, excuse me, the Arabic word for... Basically, meat on a stick. Everybody in the Mediterranean does it. It's incredible. This is the Turkish version. Get it? You can get uh, chicken or beef. You can get mix. You get uh, yogurt, veggies, hummus. It's just incredible. It'll melt your mouth. But you should go there. You should eat it. And especially since America is entering into another uh, silly foreign aggression in the Middle East and the Levant, let's learn to appreciate the culture of the region we're bombing. At least, yeah, I bet Syrian food is amazing. Oh, I bet. Well, it was. Yeah, that's true. My restaurant shout out is actually going to be the place that I didn't go or I had to go to because I couldn't go to Donor Shack yesterday. It is called La Mission Taqueria. It is also on Fort Street Mall. It is just Mackay of Donor Shack on the Eva side of Fort Street Mall. Oh, not bad for one howley, brah. You know it, man. Oh, you fuck what? So, oh, so I can buy you. Look, man. La Mission Taqueria. I went in there. Whatever, what, sorry, what was that? La Mission? La Mission. Is that like the mission? It's Spanish for the mission. The, yeah. The mission en Espanol? Yes. Si. So, ¿Qué pasó? I got what's called the fried burrito which sounds like a f- okay I'm, I'm with you sounds very unhealthy and sounds, it, it probably wasn't super healthy but it wasn't actually deep fried what they do 
is they get the tortilla, they put a big old glob of meat in there. Sure. Uh, maybe not glob, a big glob. A heaping big, amount of meat. A big, uh, just like <laughs> a big old canned <laughs> meat. Of meat. They put a big old thing of meat in there, big old hunk of meat, yeah, whatever they call right it. In there. And then they put it on the grill for a bit and take it off the grill and then cover it in like guacamole and salsa and sour cream and uh, rice and black beans. And it was freaking amazing. I had the al pastor meat, which is Spanish for the pastor, which was brought over from Lebanon whenever uh, Lebanese immigrants moved to Mexico. It was Wait, actually, what? yeah, it's a, it's a way of, al pastor is a Lebanese thing. So that's like they rotate it on that spit and they So basically it off. that's like Mexican donor. Basically, yeah. Slash shawarma slash gyro. And I, I'm telling you when I say this, yeah. I have not had a better burrito in Hawaii. And honestly, it is probably the best. If you consider that Mexican food, it's the best Mexican food I've ever had in Hawaii. I mean, it was unbelievably good. Listeners, I think if there's one thing to take away from this segment, it's that... Middle Eastern it, people aren't bad. Well, that... Okay, two things to take away from this segment. One, Middle Eastern people aren't bad. Two, wherever you are, whatever culture, meat on a stick. That's true. That's that's the damn thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Corn dogs. Um, corn dogs. Corn dogs are good. Yeah. Probably no verification on whether that's um, birthed in the Middle East or not. Just meat on a stick. Michael, any non-restaurant shout-outs? I mean, if we're we're just shouting out things, this things is that you the, like. This is the this the is gun fall. control episode. Shout yeah. out OGC Tactical down in Kalihi. Yeah. Okay. Unpaid OG. ad. Unpaid you know what? Ad. I don't even care if we shout out gun stores here in Hawaii because I don't think Josh and I, and I don't. I bet the bulk of our listeners don't have like moral problems with the idea of guns. I think it's really like, and especially in Hawaii where we have like essentially zero gun violence, we have very restrictive gun laws, and they seem to be working exceptionally well. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know if we have zero gun violence, but we definitely, we haven't had a mass shooting incident. Effectively yeah. zero gun violence. We had, I'm, from we've a, had, I'm from a state where yeah. it's like... Everybody's getting shot all the time. Everybody always gets shot. I mean, yeah. you can't go anywhere without worrying about if somebody's packing. Like, people, like, over the pettiest things, you'll get shot. I mean, it's, it can be petty crime. It can yeah. be, like, somebody just gets angry at a family reunion. It can be anything. And, like, the point is, of this whole entire episode, the reason we wanted to bring Michael on is to show people a more... A uh, moderate element of the gun Nuanced. debate, yeah. A more uh, an element of people that are impassioned gun owners, that are people that that feel strongly about owning guns for purposes of leisure and hunting and recreation, and that not everybody is Dana Loesch or is Wayne Lapierre, and and not everyone is going to you know piss on the graves of eighteen kids at Parkland that were yeah. murdered by gun violence. Well, so, what do you think? Do you think they were crisis actors? No, I, I don't think any reasonable people actually believe that. I think people say that to try and get in the news and those people are assholes. And if they legitimately believe that are full on crazy. That's all we have to say. And that's the Blue Hawaii podcast. Aloha. Blue Hawaii. And now Blue Hawaii podcast presents again. The Spoken Word Sessions. When I look at my beer, it is clear. If I want to brew, if you only knew the steps we take, the beer we make, on a lake or in a boat, cross your moat, come here, drink my beer, I'll invite you in. You are my kin. I'll share my beer with you. This beer from homebrew. For sure it's true that only beer can bring us together. Whether you're near or far, a truck or a car, however you get there, go. Rain, sleet, snow, just go to homebrew in paradise. Drink the beer, brew the hops, sweep up with mops, dry your tears, drink that beer. Impeach the president. 740 Mo'ova Street, Kalihi Kai. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.